What? A second series? Who ordered that? Well, you can be sure to expect more of the same. Coarse language, dubious mathematics, and borderline inappropriate humour. Mathsat is back, and this time it's personal. That doesn't even make sense. It's been a while, but we are Maths at the Movies, where, simply put, we're two lemmas and a corollary critiquing <laughs> movies from a mathematical point of view. I am your co-host, Thomas Woolley, and joining me now, as forevermore, we have the squishable Ben Parker and the quizzical Liz. How are you guys? Uh, yes. I'm all right. Uh, wh- why did you call me a lemon? <laughs> oh, wait, I thought he said lemming. Oh, lemming. Two lemmas, lemmings, and a what? <laughs> Two lemmas and a corollary. Right, okay, good. <laughs> Two lemons and a cor- corolla, that's how it starts, yes. Those mathematical objects. Wait, lemurs? <laughs> <laughs> well, being a mathematical pattern formation, you know, I can talk about lemurs. Really? So, I... Yeah, yeah, unfortunately they, they break um, Turing patterns because you'd always get uh, simpler as you go towards thinner regions. So from body to tail, your pattern should get simpler. But unfortunately, lemurs get more complicated. They go from no colour to stripes. Are we talking about the capital of Peru here, or what? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it, we we want people to learn and have fun. This is what's well, edu, edu, edutainment. Edutainment. That's what it is. is. Ed, edutainment. That's edutainment. It would like the BBC. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately not. But how are you guys anyway? It's, it's been a while since we uh, we last recorded. I mean, for the listener, hopefully it, there'll be simply continuity. But for us, we've had life changing. Oh, life changing. Yes. Benji, some yes. big news. Yes, yes, I got a paper accepted. You've changed your underwear. No, no <laughs> what? Uh, well, I mean, you you were there, guys. You were yeah, there. I, I like to think I ruined your wedding. Did you? Um, <laughs> Is that what you, what? Yeah, well, it's just that during during Ben's, uh, Ben's sort of solemn vows, the celebrant said something about um, the unbroken circle. Of a, <laughs> yes, yes, uh, of oh, ring. yes. And this is a... yes, and all of us—you could see all of us look at each other. You know, yeah, I, I mean, I did try to yeah, find you at yeah. the time and give you a look of disgust as a. As the, as the, um... <laughs> I saw you turn around, and I went, "Oh, look, I've ruined." No, I did. I was just—I knew it was coming, <laughs> and the registrar did not. Obviously, listen to our podcast and realise. No. Obviously not. That, Obviously um, not. I mean, she, she must have been the only person in the UK that isn't listening to it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, got, it's everyone's in America's listening to it. So I should mention that to the listener. I am. It's currently one p.m. for me, whereas it's you know seven p.m. for everyone else. I'm in the the you know the, the past. US of A. Oh, the US of A. The, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what are you doing in the US of A, uh, Tom? I'm 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 here at the Stowers Institute in Kansas City, Missouri. It's a beautiful place. It's a biosciences institute, a private biosciences institute. So they don't have to worry about university teaching or or grant money. They're just dripping with funds to bring mathematicians over to help them understand their biology. And it's fantastic. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh. But I do want to play a game later of what on earth did Thomas eat? Okay. Because today I ate both chicken fried steak and honey butter. What are those things? Oh my god! It's, chicken fried is it, is it chicken? steak. 
Is it beef? Is it, what, what was animal it, was I was eating? Was it steak wrapped in chicken? Audience, well, answers on the postcard. Was it steak fried in chicken fat? I, I think it was. It was sort of, you know, like French uh, uh, fried chicken coating yeah. on a steak. Yeah. Okay. Very weird. Very, and like I say, honey butter. Because I, I do like the approach Americans take to food. It's like, you know, I like this and I like this. Why can't I put them both together? See, I, I've just been to um, Canada for the uh, the world's biggest statistics conference. Um, and I came back about five kilos heavier. They know how to eat on that side of the Atlantic. It, it's a statistics conference just full of people being like, like, see you later, maybe. Eight of them chance. <laughs> it never get that joke. It's never just no, no, stats banter no, I mean, to be all fair, day and all night. To be fair, a lot of them are data scientists, so they have absolutely no clue what's going to happen in the future. They just no. just just care about the past. That's but no, uh, yeah, absolutely. So you had some news you were saying before the podcast, Tom. Some, uh... But then, so, so my news then, my news. Your news, um, yes. I'm pregnant. Yeah. I'm pregnant. Oh. pregnant. Oh. My imaginary so... wife is having a little imaginary little baby. That is so nice, Tom. Did you get even lonelier and so you thought you should inv- <laughs> invent a child? Wow. I, I've got a sock puppet with little googly eyes on. It's just yeah. it's just so sweet as well that you've kind of invented a pregnancy. So, it's a, it's you know, a, because you could you could have just said, hey, look, I've got a child now. But no. It's a phantom pregnancy. It's a phantom pregnancy. It literally wife. is, yes. Yeah. Uh, did did, did, but, yeah. did the uh, uh, your, your fictional wife come with you on your trip abroad? She has not, um, primarily because there's nothing to do in Kansas City, Missouri. Right. It's, particularly the Stowers. You know, America has this problem where everything is spread out because everyone has cars. Yes. But particularly so at the Stowers because it's in the middle of nowhere. Thankfully, the Stowers Institute knows this. And so they have great food. And as we said, you know, chicken. Chicken. Oil, cooked baked, in beef. Fried, cooked in pork. In, in with cork, a whatever side of seafood. We're covered in chocolate and coconut. So they do amazing food and everything is sort of within the centre. But if I wanted to go out anywhere, I would have to walk 40 minutes at least to the nearest place. Yeah. So I, 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 I did tell I did tell Lorraine just not to bother really. You know, it, it, she wouldn't enjoy it. Also, no. it probably would have been really awkward explaining to new people <laughs> that your wife was in <laughs> Yeah. You this know. sock puppet is my wife. And imagine the know. airplane. Don't sit there. Why not? It's taken. You know. <laughs> Uh, My God, you're sitting on a raid. <laughs> what, what are we? What are we talking about today? Are we meant to be here for a film or something? Or? We, we. This is a good point. We are. We, 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 you know, we haven't seen, heard from each other for a long time, so I thought we'd better catch up. But no, you are quite, quite right, Ben. We are here for a particular reason. This today, this week, whenever we are, we have all watched Fermar's Room. Oh, yes, we I watched the right film. I, we have watched it. But it was a real bastard to get hold of. Um, I, I've got, yeah, yeah, I got, I got hold of it through completely legal means, completely legal. I googled it, and it was, it showed that it was on Netflix. But I don't have Netflix, so I had to download Netflix and sign up right. for their kind of free months trial in order to get it. And then when I actually went on it, they were like, "Oh, actually, we don't have it in your country." Um, it's the outsider. <laughs> Yes, and, um, so now I have Netflix, so I've done absolutely bugger all all day, but what shit on Netflix. Let's get on with Fermar's Room, shall we? To the movie zone. Yay. So, um, this week we watched, are you calling it Fermar? 
Zroom. It's Fermat. Is it Fermat? Fermat. Is he French? It is not Fermat. Oh, um, come on. Anyway. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Are we going to disagree here? I, he's French, yes, so he's got to be Pierre de Fermat. He'll never pronounce the French, tea. but, you know, we pronounce it in English, you know. We, we I don't, mean, I'm, we don't I'm a say, Londoner, so I just... I'm going to on. Paris, we say. We don't say, I'm going to Paris. With Pierre oh, Fermat. You if, you're, if, you're if you're pretentious enough, you do. Well, I think well, we should pronounce it as La Habitation de Fermat. <laughs> In that accent as well. Yep. La Habitation de Fermat. <laughs> I'm going to go with um, a compromise and put a glottal stop at the end. So we watched <laughs> Fermat's Room, um, right, which that. is the story of uh, four mathematicians who are drawn to a mysterious gathering in a uh, old warehouse um, where they are forced to solve mathematical puzzles um, yes. to prevent the walls from closing in on them and killing yes. all of them. Um, I mean, doesn't that sound like the best film in the universe? I, I, I will spoil this. I love this film. I love it. I love it. I love it. I also really <laughs> liked it. Excellent. But we'll get to that at the end. But just that description you had there, it's tension. It's drama. It's maths. What more do you want? I mean, it's a Spanish film. Are we going to do it in Spanish with English subtitles for our listeners? <laughs> I'm not sure the podcast will work well with subtitles. Uh, no, but I thought we were doing it in Spanish and then we were going to dub it in English. Okay. Um, which is what the listeners are probably listening to now. So, listeners, um, I, you should all know that the three of us did the entire podcast. <laughs> we all learned it. In, we all um, learned Spanish. We all learned. We're all fluent now in Spanish. Sí. We did a podcast in Spanish. Hablo español. <laughs> I speak Spanish. La es grande. Me gusta mucho la habitación de Fermat. <laughs> anyway, sorry, let's talk about the Fermat's Room, which is a good film. Liz, take it away. I mean, I really liked it. There were a few points where I thought, hold on. So, like... I mean, it starts off with one of the weirder points, because there's a mathematician talking to two groupies. Yeah, that doesn't happen. yeah. I mean, that doesn't. And they're happen. both really fit, the groupies. And um, I mean, he's really fit, which helps. But um, but he's not. Oh, I disagree with that. I think he is Heavily. dreamy. Anyway, he has um, a Spanish accent. That was a French accent. <laughs> I mean, to be to be fair, I'm ovulating, so everyone looks fit at the moment. Wow. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> that sound, listeners, is the sound of Liz's ovaries. <laughs> Plop. <laughs> he's doing a trick which doesn't seem that impressive he's like oh any numbers can be any number can be expressed as the sum of two primes well, um actually it's a little bit trickier than you think i didn't realize this but i was looking you know about fermat's room afterwards and one thing that they point out is that he's doing this trick as you say that um, any so he's looking into goldbar's conjecture uh-huh. and goldbar's conjecture is that any even number greater than two can be written as the sum of two primes. So eight is five plus three. Okay, and this has been checked for four. We we're not in the math zone, so we won't talk about it, but that's Goldbar's conjecture, and he's showing off by showing, you know, all even numbers can do this. And at one point, he chooses quite a large number and then manages to show the two primes. But what the internet told me afterwards was the number he chooses is the car number plate of his own car. So he already knew the numbers. Yeah, I mean, it, but it's just... You know, if I was if I was kind of talking to someone and they were like, "Hey, I've got this trick," I'd be like, "So what? You can add up." You're not impressed. You're not impressed. Oh. Uh, 
I wasn't that impressed. I mean, I know he had to know that numbers were prime, but you know, if he'd spent his entire life um, working on that particular, like proving that particular conjecture, then he probably would mm. know a lot of primes. But do you think he actually That's did true. though, or do you think? Well, he he had absolutely no mathematical talent whatsoever. Oh no, I so, think he did have math. I think he was still he a, a mathematical he, he, yeah. academic. What was he? Yeah, yeah, no, he did. Yeah, yeah. There is, there is, on, because I mean, one that's interesting about this film is the IMDb page for this is nearly completely all wrong in terms of the facts it presents. Because, you know, it says, uh, it, it answers some of the questions, but it gets it wrong. And at one point it says, uh, to give away a hint that, uh, there, there are four people in this, as you said. I'm going to call them young guy, middle-aged guy, old guy, and woman. <laughs> I think, okay. I think that, you know, summarizes all four of them. So the young guy is, as you say, the show off. And it says, to show that the young guy is a is a fake and a fraud, he never actually answers any of the questions. But he does. He answers he the one the about the ages one. of the children. Yeah, yeah. So he is oh, a mathematician. Yeah. He does have some mathematical prowess. And it also just, you know, he's uh, he's obviously some sort of academic. He must have done a degree in mathematics and stuff. Oh, he's about 12. He knows what a prime number is. Oh, come on. He's 22. Whatever he is, you know, it's like, hey, girls, I can do mathematics. Come and look at me. By the way, I'm hot. You know, like that just does not work. <laughs> One, like I, you're you're hot until you open your mouth. Then I think in that case, when has mathematics ever got anyone into bed except in the movies? Oh well, hold on, let's Mrs. Think about Mrs. That. Dr. Parker presumably loves a bit of mathematics. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> ah, ooh, I can actually do this. I um, so on Valentine's Day, I did do three versions of how to plot a heart. Yes. Uh huh. So I, I sent that to Lorraine. So Lorraine was very appreciative. And I also turned a rose into a Turing pattern for her. So mathematics, very but, romantic. But is that not her being impressed with the results of mathematics? I mean, she likes it when you bring home your salary, but she doesn't necessarily want you to <laughs> tell her about Turing patterns every evening. Hey, hey, darling, I just discovered that Turing patterns don't work on a lemur or whatever. You know, it's just... It, that, like, that, ben, that is essentially all of my conversations when I, I'm talking to a mirror. I mean, I, d- I don't know about you, Ben, but I was deeply aroused when when Tom started uh, talking about Lima's tales. This is the sound of Liz's ovaries again. <laughs> Plop. Uh, <laughs> look, I, I just don't think it works. Okay, I don't think mathematics works as a chat-up line. I think we should do an experiment. Right. I think we should. I think we should find some uh, find some hot young men. In fact, I know some identical twins. Okay. Um, and it's one of them and... a mathematician and one of them not. Oh, oh, this is brilliant. No, neither of them are mathematicians. But I'm sure we could get one of them to fake it enough. Right. And we'll send one of them out with like yeah. standard chat up lines, and one of them out with just with mathematical chat up lines. Yes. And um, we'll get. We'll we'll see who <laughs> pulls we'll the most. Get, collect the data. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> Okay. Maths uh, right. at the, the dating pool. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Um, I mean, I in general, I thought there were a couple of little plot holes. Mainly... Oh, there were huge plot holes. The, huge plot About holes. 17 I mean, minutes in, I, I was looking, I kind of looked up the time and I was like, I would have turned round and gone back by now. <laughs> you know, where they're just kind of like merrily like, you know, they they kind of go, they row across the river and then it's like... Yes, we're in this terrifying warehouse. Yeah. At that yeah. point. I mean, it also does rely on all of those four people solving the problems that he gives them at the beginning. So it, uh, although it's not very of... difficult. But I think you're dismissing the genre there. Sure. I mean, because this movie is essentially a cross between, you know, Miss Marple and the Crystal Maze. Um, and <laughs> yeah. it... How much would I love to see Miss Marple in the Crystal Maze? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 
but 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 like you know, if you don't believe, if you don't believe there's a freak snowstorm and all the phone lines are cut off, or that you know there's only this one boat yeah. a week to the island, then you're never going to get murder mysteries. And, and, this, and mobile no, phones have ruined murder mysteries because you know now they it's really like have, yeah. it's like can we call off a full of police? No, the phone lines down. Uh, guys, uh, we can use Skype. I've got my mobile. Yeah. <laughs> This was the second time I've seen it, so I was looking at a bit more for the structure this time, and I've got to say, it was quite fun to... Everyone has one motive and one secret, and it's like, this is your turn to be do the exposition. It's now your turn. And, and it's just, you know, it is very linear. Yeah. In its twistiness. I am... Um, although, I didn't... Um, I mean, we, we should... Presumably, we have spoiler alerts on everything. Um, oh, but, but I, think, I didn't... I, I think, to be fair, if you're going to go to the trouble of listening to a podcast... <laughs> Uh, for a film that you can't buy anywhere online, you have to have the DVD sent to you, <laughs> yeah. and is in Spanish, then you deserve some spoilers. But if you're really yeah. bothered, listeners, <laughs> if you're really bothered, listeners, listen to the sound of Liz's ovaries. Look away now. <laughs> Plop. <laughs> Plop. <laughs> How many eggs do you think I'm producing? Anyway, um, my... completely uh, lost my train. Oh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it coming. Um, who did it? No, me neither. So I didn't, no, I didn't no, think I, I really love the twist. Yeah. I love the twist at the end. I think. Um, but, uh, this was one thing I, I have to... Because I was, again, looking up reviews of it. And everyone was sort of really angry. But the, the subplot... I'm going to spoil it. There's a guy called Fermar. Fermar all the, the young guy, the old guy, the middle-aged guy and the woman all have pseudonyms of mathematicians. And there's one mathematician who's called Fermar. And they think he's the organiser of all this. But he turns out just to be a patsy. Uh, but the, the way it's played, you don't get that. You, you re, you're with the people in that room. You think he's the cause of all this. He's the murderer. But he isn't. It's genius. It's genius. Yeah, it is. And, and the kind of reveal is quite good. I think know? so. I, I, I like it. I like um, it. And um, the, my only, so the, at the end of the film, so um, I really like this. So there, there's four of them in there. They realise one of them did it. And they... Although that's a bit of a plot hole as well, because he says, wait, it couldn't have been you because you were in the room. The only person who could have done this had to be outside the room. Yet all the other things that are happening are on timers and are on, you know, computer generated yeah. things. So it could have easily done that as well. Well, so. it would have been quite difficult to do that on a timer. I suppose you could have just done a recording, but, you know, something to, I suppose you could have just paid someone to phone up. But I think he yeah. was trying to be untraceable. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the thing I thought, which was, so he's, um, there's the three of them, and one of them punches the guy that did it, so he's unconscious. And then they're yeah. like, oh, yeah. he was plan oh, he must have been planning to get out all along. Um, yeah. and then, so they're kind of like, oh, right, there's this, there must be an escape pod somewhere. And they find this escape pod, and then the three of them escape using it. But how would, yeah, how was he gonna get out with them, without them noticing? Exactly, exactly. I'm not quite sure what happened there, but you know. Well. I wondered whether he thought the, they'd all turn on each other or something. Yeah. Well, maybe he didn't actually want to kill them. Maybe he just wanted to, you know, oh, scare, scare them. them and then say, actually, guys, there was a way out all along. No, but then he wouldn't have got the thing that he wanted, which was the credit for the proof. But he did find out. So let's go through. Actually, let's talk yeah. about this. So each of the characters and their motives. So young guy, he's the cocky mathematician. He, everyone believes he solved Garbar's conjecture, but he's recently lost the proof because someone broke into his office. There is the woman 
Yeah, my dog ate my yeah, homework. Yeah, exactly, the dog ate my homework excuse, because you by immediately way, forget all maths when you've written it down. By the way, I, I've solved the Goldbuck conjecture as well. You know, I, I just haven't oh, got I did time it last to tell week, you this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 I did it last week, but unfortunately I dropped it into a blender. And now I've solved, um, solved the Goldbuck te- te- conjecture, and so is my wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's it. So, right, he, he's there. Then there's the woman, who we find out was the girlfriend of the young mathematician, and but she's also looking into the old mathematician, because they went on a boat and did illegal things together. Oh my God. I love her story. What? Okay, so, okay, my, my beef with this, A, right, so there's clearly... There's clearly a lot of antipathy between her and the the young guy, and yet and they end up right, kissing. right at the beginning, the old guy walks in and they're kissing, and it's like he could have just they came in and like, hey, hey, things are really bad between us. Snog, oh, all right then. It was just completely yeah. bizarre, and then went back to being cross with each other. But the other thing is, what were they doing on that boat? She, was- I know. Listen- the, all she kept saying, you know, they did things that would be legal in no country, and I kept going back. I like, know. What? What was I was like, dude, are you a paedophile? And then, and then did, I was just like, but she can't be, because at the end, you know, we, it's kind of obviously quite sympathetic to her. Oh, I read that they were just taking the Colombian marking, marching juice or something. <laughs> Colombian marching juice? I just... Powder. It was... <laughs> what's the Colombian juice? There's a juice form of it now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She wouldn't have been, but like the way she said it was like, you know, they were doing things that, you know, you would just couldn't ever know about. Yeah. And like, no, not good. what were they doing? Were they just like, you know, dismembering people and like, she's just super into it. Yeah, she loves it. But that's the thing. I mean, because she had no characterization and no story, she was the most interesting character almost. Yeah. <laughs> middle-aged guy. Middle-aged guy was there essentially just to be a smokescreen. He was an inventor of popcorn machines. <gasps> Which I super want. Oh, yeah. The, you want the, the duck popcorn, popcorn duck. machine? I think I've seen those. I think you can get things like that. Yeah. Can you get yeah, a, you can. Can you get a one that when you put the corn in its feet and then it, com- it comes out comes of its out head? Beak? Yeah. No, you, you, put it in the t- you put it in the head and it comes uh, out of the and mouth. Yeah. Where do I, do I have to heat it up or does it have its own heating No, no, mechanism? it's got the hot plate inside. So you, you put the corn on the top, there's a hot plate inside and when it pops, it pushes it out of the mouth. Right. Listeners. I think you, someone needs to send me one. Find it. Find it. To <laughs> Hashtag pop, pop lizards. But if you don't get the fun of microwave popcorn, like, you know. The fun? Well, yeah, you know the microwave popcorn game where you put it in it says, oh, you have to wait till no. three seconds between explosions. And you put it in and you're like, is that three <laughs> seconds? No, there's another one. What about now? And you're, you're just about to press the button and you get pop, pop. And they're like, do I have to wait six seconds? Or really bothers me. <laughs> How do you, how, I've never done that. You know? I've never done it. Have you never done my popcorn? No, but now I really I have, want but to. But I've never noticed this three-second rule thing. I... Oh, it's bizarre. So right, so yeah, uh, middle-aged guy. He killed the daughter of Fermar, so they think he's. That's why Fermar has got them all together. But only he's just by a mistake. Red herring. He didn't kill only by purpose. mistake. Yeah. Well, he had been drinking. It suggested drink driving. So mm. yeah. And then there is the old guy who has proved Goldbar's conjecture, but wants to kill the young guy because he thinks he has, and he kills the other everyone else just to cover up his tracks. And then there's Fermar, who again is just a red herring. He's looking after his daughter, goes off and gets killed because he wore a seatbelt. I mean, he is actually the the huge tragedy of this. So he like, really is. He's the, sad. The is. others are kind of, you know, all kind of have, have think bad things they've done and and stuff. They're, they're flawed people. But they're flawed the, people. The dad of of um of the well, the, the guy who's Fermat, 
the only thing that he's not got is his daughter was is in a coma um and you know and he's really sad about it um and then he gets killed actually you know who the most sympathetic character is the police officer who joins him in his car just before who also dies yeah Yeah. shit yeah Um, sorry ben you were gonna say something but fermat didn't wear his seatbelt so obviously deserved everything he was gonna get obviously obviously obviously. Mm. um see i'm gonna disagree with you guys you know on a matter of plot yeah, you, you 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 may you may have loved it, may have absolutely loved it, but but it was it was neither one thing or the other. Okay, it was it was not. A it was neither mystery. Crystal Maze nor Miss no. Marple, and it was therefore disappointing. Uh, okay, there, there was no. Okay, what does every murder mystery need? Okay, Columbo. Uh, yes, Poirot. you needed a detective. Okay, so you need an outside okay. figure in order to sort of lead you through the unknown. So, so the audience's viewpoint is what you're saying. Yeah. So, so, so I, fundamentally, there were lots of questions which the audience would have asked, like, "What the hell were you doing in your boat that was very illegal?" Or, you know, how do you... <laughs> we want to know. <laughs> why why know. are you two snogging when you've broken up, like, you know, two years ago, or whatever? And did you really prove, you know, go back to conjecture or whatever? Um, and that just wasn't there. What we needed was Furbo's room with a little old lady in a frock, or a big <laughs> Belgian uh, with a monocle, or like, I mean, or, or, or a shifty old American man in a raincoat. It wasn't. It wasn't totally clear who the protagonist was. No, we've got I think no hero. There was one. We've got no was, hero. There was no hero. I think if it was anyone, it was like the middle-aged guy. Um, uh, he killed a woman. Well, put her in a coma. But I, when I say but. I don't mean like hero, I mean protagonist. And these you know. people were just so okay, annoying. Okay. There was no one you were rooting for. They were like, hey, we've got a new puzzle. You need to solve it in a minute or you die. Oh, shall I read it out to you really slowly? Hey, guys, there's yeah. a puzzle. Uh, do you want <laughs> to work on your relationships first? Or sh- should we do the puzzle? I agree I agree with you on that point that you didn't want anyone to survive. But I think that's that's one of the main aims of the movie is that you don't want to, you want them all to get squished. I'm see- not sure you do want them to all to get squished, but... No, you I- want more mathematics I- to come. <laughs> Like, uh, uh, you, you want to see how many puzzles there are? Yes, no, keep solving puzzles. Keep solving I didn't puzzles. feel any sense of real peril. No. Which, given that they were all about to be squished to death, I think in a in a sort of more kind of horror-y film, somebody would have been squished to death first, so that we had an idea of what we were scared of. Right, so was it meant to be horror, you think? No, no, it wasn't meant to be horror. I think it was, it's sort of supposed to be a murder mystery. Psychological but It was horror. like that scene of Indiana Jones at the beginning. You know no one's going to die when the walls start, you know, crumbling in, you know. And... I didn't know that they wouldn't all die. I thought they might yeah, all just I, get I'm squashed. Because yeah, no, I, 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 that's why I like this movie because I didn't. There was no protagonist, so I didn't know someone was going to survive. Oh. Yeah, I you sort of think, oh, you know, they might actually all kind of turn out but to have done, them all, yeah. done to, terrible crimes. To be honest, fact, I wish they'd just been squished right away, and they just handed us a list of um, problems. Here's <laughs> <to, laughs> the list of problems. Sort of for the ninety minutes. You, you know, you know what what gave it away that this film was going to be a real disappointment was the first. What was that? What was that? Okay, so if you have a really good film, it's like presented by Walt Disney. Or a right. Netflix production. This film, for the first minute, was This film is sponsored by the Film Institute of Catalonia. This film, sponsored <laughs> sponsored by Gringo's Pizza in Madrid. 
and it had like literally less racist accent. It was so I was doing the subtitles. That was my dubber. There were thirty, like thirty sponsors, because none of them thought it was going to be a success. And the clue is, the clue is, it's impossible to get even on Netflix. Okay, eleven years after it's released, I could not pay money to anyone that a dodgy second-hand dealer on um, Amazon in order to get this film because nobody wants to watch it. Okay. I mean, I, lie. I wanted to oh. watch it. I, I, I had to, to phone video shops in London and say, "Have no, you got a copy really? of it?" Yeah. Um, did anyone? Ha- did anyone have it in these video shops? No. Yep. No. No one had it. What it's been a surprise! Not so a, you can't get it in the UK. Not a big seller. No, I just think it's in the UK. There isn't a huge market for foreign language yeah. films because there's just almost limitless um, English language films. Okay, well, another yeah. thing as well, right, that really bugged me throughout, okay, everything is controlled by, alright, it's old technology by what they called a PDA, okay? Oh, Which, PDA, yeah, the Palm like, Pilot. Yeah. It's what idiots used to use before they could tap away on their iPod every day, you know, they wanted to be, you know, it, it came between the final facts and the iPhone. You know, it was that kind yeah. of generation yeah. of complete tosser. Um, and in, in order to stop, after they'd had their chat, it's like, oh, let's talk about our feelings. Oh, shall we do the puzzle? When they were able to sort of solve the puzzle, they had to tap in the answer to the PDA. Yeah, yeah. The, the first one, uh, the answer was one, okay? Tick. Yes. Okay. The That's ne- easy to do. The second answer was one of, the, one of the answers was like, oh... Well, you have to say to the uh, first night, if I ask the second night, which door was it that led to <laughs> yeah, eternal peril? Like, yeah. How are you going to type that in? And the computer said, you did not capitalise this correctly. It's like it's, <laughs> it's like when you try and get your password and then you like, you know, you forget your password and you, you know, it's like, oh, please prove that you're human by working out which of these pictures are trucks. You know, that's not going to work with a, you know, early 2000s era's PDA. It just doesn't work. But do we think that he had an accomplice? Well, so at the beginning, with the um, with the first puzzle, which is a list of um, there's a list of numbers, and it turns out they're in alphabetical order. Yes, although that's an interesting thing. Did you, Ben? Did you listen to the sub or the dub? Um, I I had the subtitles on. Yeah, I was okay. Because did it happen for you then? Because the the numbers they get in the film are in Spanish alphabetical order. When I had the sub, they gave me an English so they didn't tally. They gave oh, me I did wonder about that because no, I, I was trying to do it in Spanish. The numbers I saw were the ones on the screen and I was trying to do it in Spanish. Um, and, ah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, and my first thought was, you know, anyone who wants a difficult number problem, it's something to do with the length of the letters or whether they're alphabetical or mm. or something like that. So, um, so yeah, uh, the, the numbers they're given starts with Cinco... Uh, Quattro uh, dos, so CCD, whereas English would start with eight. Yes. Um, yes. But anyway, there's a woman nice. who gives the guy a clue. Oh, yes, she does, and yeah. Some, when they're kind of trying to work out what was going on, someone says, oh, did anyone help you out with that puzzle? And there's a flashback. And he has a flashback. Yeah. So who was that woman? Like, do you think she was in it more? You reckon, and you reckon they, she's um, behind the screen sort of winding the walls shut? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Oh. We need a prequel. Yeah. I think Yeah, we, the story of that woman. We just need the puzzle, so oh, hang, <laughs> hang on guys. I, I I don't want to worry you, but uh someone's just locked the door to my recording studio from the outside. <laughs> oh my god. It, is it, <laughs> so is it come up on my phone. Hang on. 
What's the puzzle? The puzzle is why is this podcast going on so long? You've got six, <laughs> you've got sixty minutes to finish it, or how or, long does the answer have to be? Is it like an essay? I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, you have to do, I have to tweet back in less than one hundred and forty characters or something. <laughs> I, I just I don't understand it. Fair enough. One of the things I uh, in like I liked in the film was um, they asked the question: Would you rather be able to fly, be invisible, Ooh, yeah. or be good at mathematics? Um, and I was interested in your answers. Easy. I'm not sure that third option was given, was it? Well, kind. Of, I thought it was. I thought it was. Would you like to fly um, or be invisible? And then it was kind of like. Also, you can be good at mathematics. I'm not sure what's totally presented well, I, as that, but I... I think the third the one was mark. more immortality. I think the other third one was, I want to be famous for being sort of immortal by solving a problem. The answer's easy. What's that? Well, with mathematics, you can now invent invisibility cloaks and aeroplanes. So you're going to be... Ben has a point. Yeah. I'd still like to be able to fly, though. Be good. What was interesting was that the um, somebody was given the option of being invisible and somebody else said, oh, well, it's only so you can go and peep at girls. You'd only want to do, like, bad things would, if you're invisible. Yeah, you? if you want to do good things, you want everyone to see you. That's a genius answer. I don't know. Really? I don't know. I mean, you could do some really good experiments on people without anyone knowing you were there. Bad things then, Ben. That's bad. <laughs> Let, let's check your moral compass. Like, if you're doing experiments on people and they don't know you're there, bad. Like science you could do on them. I mean, that would be difficult to get through the ethics panel, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, many atrocities have been caused in the what, name of science, what, it, what experiment would you do using your invisibility? Well, you could, I mean, you could put to rest whether um, there was a placebo effect or not. How would you do that? Well, because normally if you, like, you know, you give someone a drug or whatever. Yes. Then, then, then you have oh, to so give you, them you the drug. you would just feed them the drug and without them knowing, yes. you would just put it in their mouth. <laughs> yes. Just pop it in their ear or something. <laughs> or you, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd give them the pill and then swap it for a fake one. I, I, I'm not really working this through, but, like, you know, I don't... I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think you'd have to be evil, um... You know, I, I mean, uh, you obviously chose invisibility for your wife. So um, why did you choose that? <laughs> I mean, he didn't, didn't choose it. it. I mean, she, she it's just it comes with not existing. <laughs> oh, I see. Yes, all right. But um, I, did I mention she can also fly, though? <laughs> see, I was thinking about this, and I've always thought it would be really good to be able to fly. It does mm. depend how much effort it is and how quickly you go right yeah because if it's we can run if it's the same amount run, of effort yeah. as walking and yeah. you can only go as fast as you walk you might as well just walk yeah you sort of assume that if you fly you can do it like superman yeah that is yeah. true no i agree I, I agree. also invisibility like the rules need to be clarified because like are your clothes invisible or do you have to get naked every time in which case you need to provide changing facilities (laughs) (laughs) Ben's like I only want invisibility if I can be naked all the time all the time I mean let's think of the scenario okay let's say you are going into the girls gym let's think of a better scenario let's let's say you're sneaking it you're sneaking into a lecture or something, okay? To to to, to that you're not uh, you're not oh, allowed. Man, you could go to university for free. You could go to university that would be for free. Quite cool. Okay, so let's say you went to university for free. Okay, so like, at what point do you shed your clothes and become invisible? Right? And where do you put your clothes? But do you not do you not become invisible and then shed your clothes? Yes, yes, yes. But I, I just want to check something. I just want to check something. Are you not just constantly invisible, or you're saying you have the power to be on and off as you please? Oh, well, now this is a really good point. Oh, I, I don't think I'd want to be constantly invisible. No, I think no. I mean equally with flying. I'd like to be able to land. 
<laughs> I don't want you to be just constantly hover. Just kind of hover. in the air all the time. It would be, I would, you know, it would be limiting socially. This is interesting um, trope yeah. when we do, um, when, when time travel happens. I mean, we, we must do the maths of time travel at some point. But um, We've already done it, man. Have we? Uh, we did it next week. Uh, <laughs> right, okay. But all time travellers seem to have to end up naked. Because <laughs> clothes yeah. can't travel um, through Terminator, time. Terminator, um, time traveller's wife. Um, uh, Back to the Future. Back to the Future is, is closed. Well, yeah, but Back to the Future is because you're reading the time machine, like, you know, everything in the time machine. Yeah. Maybe, are yeah. we saying you'd like to be able to do mathematics then out of the three of them because the only one that, well, you don't have to be naked? You can do mathematics naked. I mean, that would be an idea for a conference, Benji. <laughs> I'm sure it happens. Let me just Google that. <laughs> Naked mathematics conference. Naturalist. Naturist. 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 Oh, is, oh is it, well, yeah. Also, is there a nature article? Na- naturist, naturist article in the journal. I'm Googling naked mathematician. There is a person who calls themselves the naked mathematician. Well, there's a naked scientist, aren't they? Oh, wait. Is that, is that Tom Crawford? It is, Yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a part of the naked scientists who are in Cambridge. He's in Oxford. Uh, I taught him. Do they get naked? He does. He takes his top off. Really? He's a good-looking guy, so it's okay. Anyway, so this is this is maybe this is this is maybe a gimmick <laughs> we have to do. Maybe for the next podcast, we should do it naked. We should yeah. all do it all naked. <laughs> Listeners, this is the sound of Liz's over. <laughs> Honestly, guys, I haven't been listening for the last five minutes because I've just found a picture of the naked. <laughs> Do you want to invite him on the podcast? <laughs> Shall I can. We? He's, he's a lovely guy. Tom Tom Crawford. Should we do a I'm video sure version and we can invite him on? Oh God. And we'll all be naked. Well, I'm not sure I'm not sure the listeners want to see me naked, but um <laughs> the uh but you know, you gentlemen could be naked. No, no what, what I'm saying is we'll still record it as a podcast. We'll all be naked, but we And know. the listeners will have to be naked. Yeah, well, while listening to it, the listeners can be naked as well. <laughs> Probably some of the listeners actually are naked as they listen to it. Tweet us in, guys. Tweet us in. Yes. <laughs> Tweet us in. Hashtag this is the sound of Liz's ovaries. <laughs> yeah, but no, I'd be interested to know, if you're listening to this, tweet us in at um, Podcast Maths, is that right? Podcast Maths. Podcast Maths at, and just tell us what you're wearing right now. <laughs> A bit creepy. And on that point, should we go to the math zone? The math zone. The math, the math zone. zone. I was about to t- start telling you guys what I was wearing, but wow. I mean, it's a zebra. <laughs> what is your favourite puzzle? Ooh. To be honest, I really like. Um, it's not going to be very good for a uh, podcast, but I like mechanical puzzles. You know, like metal puzzles or rope puzzles oh. or something you can play around with your hands. So logic puzzles are all fine and great, but what I find with those is they, once you know the trick, it, it, it you know, that's it, that's it done. It's like comedy. Once you've heard the punchline, the joke is then done forever. Whereas with metal puzzles and rope puzzles, you still have the skill to manipulate it into the, the way you want it. I'm not sure that's true of comedy. Because you get you get repeated jokes all the time. Ben, what are your thoughts on repeated jokes? Well, I think we should do this naked. I <laughs> know <laughs> 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 well, I mean, jokes are funnier the more you repeat them, but uh... no, there is there is a there is a, a bell shaped curve here. You know, it, you, it gets annoying, then it gets funnier again, then it gets annoying, then it gets funnier again. So it's a sinusoidal. That's fine, but I mean, the chicken crossing the road is now just you know the chicken is just a symbol of comedy. Now you see a chicken and you laugh. Um, 
So you don't need to tell them. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> the well, you see a chicken and you laugh. Americans see a chicken and they dip and beef they in cover it in beef and but fry like, it. Yeah, a chicken is a sort of, you know, a comic trope all by its yeah. own. Because, you know, just... Anyway, what's your favourite pu- puzzle, Benji? I think the one that gave one? you the most fun, um, and it's far too complicated to um, to tell the solution here. Uh, so so the, the basic puzzle uh, is one that actually appeared in Fermat's room. Which is the you know the two knights? One always tells the truth, and one always lies. Oh, and yes, there's yeah, two yeah. doors behind them. One lies, you know, goes to oblivion, and one goes to heaven. And uh, you can ask one question, and you have to work out which door is which. So this was um, this was the puzzle in labyrinth, I think. Um, you had two yeah, sort of yes, it was knights, two yeah. heads or whatever, and. Um, David Bowie. But there's an extension. I mean, what's really interesting about that puzzle is it has been analysed mathematically because they can say, well, what about if we had in a third person right. who sometimes... So that's, 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 that's the extension is exactly the puzzle which is the most interesting. I spent days trying to figure that out, uh, you know, without looking it up. So the, the extension is you have a third person who will tell you the truth or will lie at random. So 50-50, Okay. Should we save this? Don't, don't tell us the don't tell us the answer. We'll save this till the end of the podcast. And oh, that will be I, don't, I think it's okay? far too it's far too hard for um, perfect. Uh, there's no way I'm going to do the answer. If you want to come back and do the answer on that one, can you solve it when a third? Oh, yeah, I, I think you have to define the question very carefully, um, and uh, I think it's the, you're allowed two questions or something, aren't you? With that, or yeah, it's it's a problem due to bull anyway. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a classical problem due to bull, but but. The point is that you can express this problem quite simply, like a lot of the problems in Fermat's room, and and really difficult to work out. Um, You know, you can spend ages having fun trying to work these out with, you know, a pencil and paper or a couple of hourglasses or, you know, some friends and a gin and tonic. Did you solve any of the puzzles before they did? Oh, I think I'd seen them all before. I hadn't. First time I saw it, I hadn't seen them all. I mean, a lot of them are fairly standard. The one about the boxes I thought was quite new. Oh, you've not seen that one before. The, the, uh, let me have a look. Should, should, should we go through we, the puzzles? Yeah, let's go through the puzzles. That'd be good, actually. Okay, so the, the first one, as we mentioned, was the numbers. So they were given a sequence and it asked, what is the next number in the sequence? And it simply was just the, the numbers were in alphabetical order. Mm. So, for, so in English, the uh, numbers would be 8... Five, four, nine, one, seven, six, three, two, and we want to know what's next. What would be next? Zero. Because that's Z. Yeah. If you're only just doing single digits, yeah. Zero. But then that's obvious because it's the only one that doesn't appear in single digits. I think it's a bad problem. Is zero a number? Yeah, oh, it's, oh my goodness! How long have we been doing this? We've we've missed. Is zero a number? Oh blimey! Yes. Thank you, Ben. Okay. Moving on. No, let's not. Why don't you think it's a number? Me? Because I think other people yeah. have said before, oh, zero is not a number. And I've gone, eh. uh, uh, People also say the Earth is flat. I know, but enough people have said it that there must be lots of some people who say it's not a number. I mean, the, the thing is, it's a very difficult concept. It was actually a very late concept to be... You know, numbers were formed, negative numbers were formed, and then zero was formed. It took a long time to understand the concept of zero. Most animals don't even have a concept of zero. One of the best understood animal concepts comes from a grey parrot who's now dead called Alex. <laughs> what? I, I, this is actually stuff I know. Right. So Alex the grey parrot is one of the only animals to have a, other than humans, to have so, a zero sorry, concept. Sorry, a grey parrot invented numbers? Really? No, not, not invented, it was taught. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Did he prove um, Goldbeak's conjecture? <laughs> uh... <laughs> 
if you heard that, listeners, I haven't cut it. It's going to be very difficult not to. Moving on. So, this, would you like to do the second puzzle? So, um, I've been. I've just been googling. Is zero a number? I've got more questions about right. this. Is it prime? No. Is it even? Yes. Yes. Why is it even? Because if you divide it by two, there's nothing left. But if you divide it by anything, there's nothing left. Exactly. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're only asking: Is it even? Okay. Um, Come on, quick fire, quick fire, quick fire! Come on. <laughs> what color is it? Oh, blue. Next. Oh, no, it's green. Um, you played with that. Oh, that's very good. Have you guys? Have we talked about? numbers having colours in on yeah, it. Yeah, well, you have, yes. This is one of the weird list yeah. facts that we talked about. What colour zero for yeah, you? Is it, I, I what, yeah, what colour is it? blue. I think it is blue. Yes! Um, one is blue. I, th- they don't all have have um, colours, but some of them do. And I told you some of them are men and some of them yeah. are women. Um, well, no, they're not. Some of them are male and some of them are female. Anyway, and some and they're all well, And what's zero? What's, what's zero? Male. Really? Interesting, because the Chinese would say it was female. What did the zero say to the eight? Nice belt. <laughs> yes. yes. Got there just in time. Oh, um, the um, see, before I got married, I looked like an eight, and now I, after I'm married, I uh, look like a zero. I was going to say nine, nine and um, a half, but you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm just being nice. rude. Uh, Joking, I look still look breathtaking naked. You, you said, um, you said anyway, my moving away. on. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Hang on, guys, the room's getting uh, smaller. <laughs> We're talking rubbish again. <laughs> it's certainly getting warmer. Yeah. Um, oh dear. So, um, the second right. puzzle was um, you've got three boxes. One yes. of them contains mint sweets, one of them contains aniseed sweets, and one of them is mixed. Yep. yep. All the boxes are wrongly labelled. How many sweets do you have to try to know which box is which? Yes. Um, and the answer is one. Because they're yes, all, you don't seem sure. They're all wrongly labelled. Correct. So you open the one that's mixed. You open the mixed one? You, you open the mixed one because you definitely know that that isn't mixed. That's right, So whatever yeah. you pull out, you can guarantee that's what's in there. So if I pull out an aniseed, that's all aniseed. If I pull out a mint, it's all mint. Yeah. And then from there, you can deduce whatever else is. Yes. So that was the first puzzle. It was a good puzzle. I didn't I have seen that before. Um, but then I missed the trick. Oh, that, that one I like. I like so that one. So I, missed the, I, I just... missed the trick that all the labels are wrong. Which is important. So if you, it, yep. I just yeah. heard yep. the labels are wrong, which shows this that you must always check what is at the top of the paper. Always read, always the, question. read Very the question. True. Always read the question. I th- I thought it was an interesting question because it was, I I find this sort of interesting in maths that there are there are puzzles which I wouldn't necessarily call that maths because you couldn't solve mm, it algebraically mm. or really. You could like, solve it using a logic tree, though. Could you? Yes. What's a logic so you, tree? you have all the different options. So a logic tree is just, you know, uh, have you ever seen a probabilistic tree? You write yeah. down what can come out. So, you know, I've got a bag full of red and blue. Um, I pull one out, it's a red. Then you branch off and I choose another one of the red and the blue. And you can note down all the probabilities. A logic tree is similar, but instead of using probabilities, you're just writing down the outcome. I see. So how would you solve this with that with this? 
it's just a decision tree. So you're saying, okay, if I, you know, if I took it, I've got three boxes. If I take um, something out of the aniseed box, what are then my choices? And you can't decide anything. If I choose out the mint box, I can't do anything. The only tree that can grow is the one where it pull it out of the mixture bag. Okay. So it's, a, it's a, I mean, I guess it's a, it's a diagrammatic way of, of writing down every possible yeah. combination you can have. But why you want a box of mint yeah, and aniseed? Just proved by exhaustion. I mean. Aniseed is horrible. Yeah. Ooh, I like a nice aniseed. I mean, who invented aniseed as a, as a oh, sweet? Oh, I love it. I love it is it. the work of the devil. What are your feelings on licorice, Ben? Uh, I, I don't like it. Not a fan. No. Not a fan. I mean, it takes all sorts, but I just don't like it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Um, Good joke. Uh, yes. <laughs> well done. It's well the gold beak well conjecture. Because he's a bear. <laughs> 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 Excellent. Question three. Let me have a look. Question three was it was a set of num- zeros and ones on the screen, and they had to figure out what it meant. Uh, yeah. And there was 169, which I love. How many are there? There's 169. How do you know? That was far too quick. Didn't she also, count along and then down? But she well, can't. That was the interesting but thing. she can't have done because otherwise she would have seen it. Well, no, it wasn't in a 13 by 13 row. But then... What? Yeah, all right. What's interesting is someone did freeze frame that and counted them, and there's actually only 156. Oh, blimey. Maybe <laughs> maybe there were scrolling down issues on the... You know, oh, there may have been scrolling down issues. PDA, so. yeah. But uh, essentially, if you if you do it in a 13 by 13 grid, you get uh, a skull, which was a very nice, nice puzzle. Question four, then, are we on? Question four? Mm-hmm. How can you time a period of nine minutes using two sunglasses, one of four minutes and one of seven minutes? Now, this was the one I got closest to, but I didn't get there in time. Okay, so you set them both going, both at the same time. So the four will drain down and the the seven will drain down. So after four minutes, your first one's gone, and then you turn it over again. So after seven minutes, your second one will have gone, and you turn that one over. So then one minute later you will have had eight minutes because you'll have turned your four over twice. Yeah. And you've t- just turned one minute, one minute ago, you've turned over your seven. So you've got eight minutes gone mm. and then one minute has dropped through your seven minute glass. Yeah. So you just turn that seven minute glass back over. Uh, so you've got your eight over. from the two fours yes, and the one did. minute from the seven. And there's okay. your nine. Gotcha. Nice little puzzle. Nice little puzzle. Yeah. So next puzzle then. A teacher has three children. And a student asks the teacher, how old are your daughters? The teacher answers, if you multiply their ages together, you get 36. If you add them together, you get your house number. I'm missing a detail, the protest, protest the student. The teacher answers, you are right. The eldest plays the piano. How old are the three daughters? This was the one I hadn't heard before this film, so I really like this one. Say the, say the three rules again. So they, they multiply them together to get 36. Yeah, so we know there are three children, so we're looking for three integer ages. You can't be like two and a half or whatever. So three ages, multiply them together, X, Y, and Z, you get 36. X plus Y plus Z gives you your house number. And you're missing a detail with just those two. And then the final one is, my eldest plays the violin or the piano. Okay. What does the house number have to do with it? Ah, good question. So this one's, like I said, I'd never heard of this one. So I looked it up afterwards um, and I I really like it because it tells you something because the student knows his own house number. You know your house number. So if I were to say to you, if you add up those digits, you get your house number. 
So if you multiply all the edges together, you can start breaking down 36. Mm -hmm. So 36 can be broken down into 1, 1, and 36. 1 times 2 and 18. 1 times 3 and 12, etc. Mm -hmm. Now, if you break it down and add all the different combinations up, you get different numbers. Yeah. So 1, 1, 36 gives you 38. 1, 2, 18 gives you 21. 1, 3, 12 gives you 16. So if I tell you it's your house number, you'll immediately know if it, which one it was. Because if it was 21, it'd be 1, 2, 18. But the fact you still don't know means that you haven't got enough information. And the only one that doesn't give you information, there's two ways of getting 13. You can have 1 times 6 times 6, or ah. 2 times 2 times 9. And they're the only two where they overlap. And I so okay. if I tell you my eldest plays the violin or plays the piano, you know it's 2 times 2 times 9, because I'm telling you I have an eldest. That's very good. It's a cheeky little puzzle. I love it. I love we'll it. We'll put some links to the solutions of these puzzles up on our website. I think the, we uh, should. I think um, we should for the uh, for the uh, listeners that need uh, a little bit more time because uh, it's not an easy pub problem. It's it's not. I mean, like I said, I, I didn't get it at all. It was a, a yeah. really nice one. So, uh, should we go for the next one then? And this is your favourite one, Ben. In false land, all the inhabitants lie. In true land, all the inhabitants yes. tell the truth. A stranger is trapped in a room that has two doors. One leads to freedom. The other does not. The door is guarded by a jailer from False Land and a jailer from True Land. To find the doors to freedom, the stranger can only ask one question to one of the jailers, but he doesn't know which is from the False Land or which is from the True Land. What question do they ask? This was the only one I was familiar with, um, because when I was a kid, I had a Crystal Maze book uh, yes. where you like had to like go through and do problems, and I can't remember how they made you do the physicals, but anyway, um, and it was in it, <laughs> so. Um, the answer to that is that you have to ask either one. You say, "What would the other? Which door would the other one tell me is the right door?" Exactly, and they they will always say, "Whichever door it is, that's the door that leads to death." Yeah, because if you're asking the true person and you say, "What door? What door will the other person tell me?" They'll tell me the door to death. If you ask the liar and say, "Which door will they tell me?" They will lie and say the door to death. So whichever door either of them say, you choose the other door. If I was doing that. I'd ask them, I'd, I'd figure it out, ask them the question, they'd tell me the door, and then I'd be so excited about having got the answer, I would just lose lose concentration and go through the wrong door. <laughs> and then go to your death yeah. anyway. Uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard being a mathematician. Do we know that that's the only solution? Yeah, it would be interesting to know. Um, I don't think it is, because I, I kind of remember other all the questions that you, ha you do give have to have that self-referential yes. idea. Of what is the other doing. But you can have other questions. I've certainly seen a list of other questions you can do. But they all have that flavour of you can't just say which door or what day is it. You know, kind of thing. Right, the final question of the film. The mother is 21 years older than the son. In six years, he will be five times younger than the mother. What is the father doing? Wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing some naked mathematics. He's multiplying. But this is just this is just algebra, isn't it? You can just write down a couple of equations and get it. It's purely yeah. algebra, yeah. Um, and and what you find out is that the uh, at this point the child's age is minus three quarters, and three quarters of a year is nine months. So the the day is minus nine months from the time the child was born. So the father is getting busy. I would have probably guessed that just from the just just from the yeah uh, from what is told yeah, to you yeah. Because it's the only it's the only thing that you could guess what the father was doing. I yeah, yeah. I mean, at the, 
know we're not really in the movie zone at the moment, but if I was them, or I was one of them, I would have concluded that I'd definitely been put in the room to be squished. And just finish the whiskey. <laughs> you well, I mean, yeah, this is the other point. Like, it's like, well, you know, uh, either the person wants to kill you, you don't. So why bother playing their stupid game? Are you, are you saying that it's point that it's pointless from the point of view of the victims or the point of view of the killer? <laughs> it's pointless from everyone's point of view. I would love to the victims just to be sitting there. Well, this is pointless. I mean, why did why didn't you just kill well, it? No, I mean, because, like, if somebody got you in that position, either they're going to kill you, or you're not. So let's assume they don't want to kill you, so you might as well just not play. But he may want, you know, have you ever seen the Saw films? It's all about making a choice. Yeah. It, you know, he wanted to see if they were worthy of life. Except he didn't. He seemed to, although he did at the end say, I want to see if you're worthy of the room. Yeah, because the, the, his whole his whole end game didn't really pan out. It, it, it was very messy. He, you know, like it's very much pantomime. You know, send everyone puzzles, get them in a room, question mark, profit. You know, but I mean, this is exactly what universities are doing now. You know, charging students fees. <laughs> Hold on, I missed the memo. And you know, they're getting a slight crushing feeling. And actually, that would be a marvelous way to make exams a lot more interesting to envisionate, wouldn't it? Like it's like what a metaphor for university, though. What a metaphor. <laughs> you've got you've got fifteen minutes to uh, to you know solve uh, problem one. Otherwise, the people at the edge of the exam room will start to get squished a little bit, and you could just you just, <laughs> just like how wonderful would that be? Slightly lower stakes, but you could have a kind of you know foam pit at the bottom that just you know your your desk. As you get questions wrong, like your desk slowly gets moved further towards the edge, and then you just fall in. I th- I think this is a new TV show that's going to be on Channel Four in the winter. Um, I, I think they just picked it up for for, for with for Philip Schofield with Philip Philip Schofield. Oh, no, this is more Dave, isn't it? Oh Dave, yeah. Oh dear O'Brien, dear O, dear O, dear O'Brien. What did I say? Um, are we are we allowed to talk about your involvement in that? Yeah, if you want to. Um, You're involved with Dara O'Brien? Yeah. I I worked with Dara O'Brien. Hang on, hang on. Let's get his name right. So is it Dara (laughs) O'Brien? Derrick Brown. You worked with Derrick Brown. Wow. (laughs) It's it's Darling (laughs) O'Brien. Right. Darling O'Brien. Yes, no, I I worked on Dara O'Brien's School of Hard Sums. I was their maths advisor. Were you the only maths advisor? Uh, No, there was myself and another person. And did you, so what did that involve? We came up with questions and actually one of my proudest moments. So essentially we came up with questions and usually they would put a flavour around them. So if we gave them sort of the, the boxers question, they would then say, okay, well, it'll be a box of mouse traps and a box of broken light bulbs and you'd have to put your hand in one. And the, the comedians would then do it live and then the Dara Brian would be in the studio trying to think out in terms of mathematics, how you do it. But one of my proudest... Is it proud? I mean, I just gave them as a suggestion, but then they ran with it. I gave them a question, which was about... You had to get from point A to point B via point C, and you wanted to know how many possible ways they were doing this. And we're all sitting around a table thinking, well, okay, that, how do we show that on TV? What What is it? And I was sort of just, you know, throwing out an idea out, and I said, well... What about if you're in an office? You've got like a grid-shaped office. You're in your cubicle. You want to get out each day without seeing the boss. So you want to make sure you have lots of different paths. But you also want to go via 
the toilet and the stationary cupboard to steal some pens. How many ways can you get out of your uh, of your cubicle to the toilet to the stationary cupboard out of the office? And that was the question. And that actually got to TV. Ah. And I, I I don't know if that's pride or dismay that that got all the <laughs> way through. Um, but no, it was really fun. It was really fun. Um, to, to, to work on this and, and behind the scenes and things. Um, I mean, what I always say about it is Dar is actually an impressive mind because we never, we, we gave them homework, but we couldn't tell them the questions they were going to see. They were, they were quite specific. Um, so we gave them homework that was in the general area of the maths that they would be doing. So if it was geometry, we'd say give them angles of triangles things. Or if it was, um, well, for that one, the, uh, walking around a grid, we gave them, uh, grid patterns. You know, how many, you know, how many squares in this grid kind of thing. So we gave them homework. So but when you see Dara solving those problems live on TV, he's literally seeing them for the first time oh, and solving really? them within 40 minutes. It, I was very impressed. I was very impressed. Is he, did, was he a mathematician before he was? University College Dublin. He studied mathematics, chemistry and theoretical physics. Wow. Wow. Busy. Right. Well, yes. we, did we get all the puzzles? I think that's all the puzzles, yes, because we finished off with the what is what is the father doing? Yeah, he's diddling the the mother. That's what he's doing. He's diddling. He's diddling. <laughs> uh, new question wow. then. Okay. Uh, tell me about Goldback's conjecture. Could I have a bit more phlegm in that though? Could you just? Could you tell me about Goldback's conjecture? So any even number greater than two could be written as the sum of two prime numbers. And it's, as they said in the movie, you know, if you don't know what prime numbers are by now, you shouldn't be here. You know, go back to episode one of the podcast. <laughs> um, so I, from what I can recall, uh, Goldback uh, wrote this in the letter and then he kind of forgot and he'd written it. Um, and later on in the correspondence, he said, oh, yeah, but you wrote this a couple of letters ago. And, and Goldback said, did I really? Gosh, that sounds right. Um and uh, it's one of the great uh, unsolved uh, problems in mathematics. Now, uh, I think this is known as the strong Goldbach conjecture, this this result that you can yeah. uh, always find two primes for any even number greater than two. Um, but there is a weaker result, which is that any number can be expressed as the sum of three primes or something. Is that right? Well, you, you can just keep weakening it. Three primes, four primes, so I think the, five primes. I think the so three prime I, one was solved four or five years ago. Um, and it, and that's any number really even odd. I was looking. I thought only the four prime one had, but never mind. Have they tried it for, like, have, have, oh. have people kind of gone up to, like, a million and gone, oh, it's true for all oh, of these? Oh, beyond a million. Four, four times ten to the eighteen. That's four with eighteen zeros after it. So, I mean, do you never in mathematics go, well, oh, that's probably, probably oh. good enough. <laughs> Liz, 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 Liz. That's engineering! You're talking about engineering! You're a statistician. Can't you just be like, well, look, if we've proved it that far up, the likelihood of anything else coming up is pretty low. There is a statistical, like a heuristic proof, which basically says, well, it's vastly unlikely to be true. And for a statistician, that would probably be good enough, because, you know, even if you find a counterexample, you know, it's not going to mark anything up. Does uh, this is something I don't know? Um, does the Goldback conjecture have any uses? Like, is the fact that it's a hard problem used anywhere? I was going to ask this more generally. In that, are there puzzles that 
mathematicians have solved that have like practical uses like I guess my question really is are there puzzles out there that people are just like oh this is this will be fun to solve and there's no practical use at all and you're just doing Mm -hmm. it for the kind of the joy of it or you know and one of the famous cases was um hardy gh hardy who we met also with the man who knew too much about pi um he he wrote the mathematician's apology which was a book all about how it's great to be a mathematician because you do no good or ill in the world you just think and everything you do is abstract Mm. but later on during world war ii they used some of his results in breaking the enigma because he did a lot of work on prime numbers and and things like that and um and, and and information theory so his work actually became useful even though at the time it was useless, mm. it became very useful. And actually, the the, the first people to um, create uh, RSA encryption, which is what we use a lot of the time to uh, protect passwords and credit card numbers, was originally done by a mathematician in GCHQ. But they created it and thought, well, that's very nice, but it's not really useful. And it took years later for an American group of mathematicians to come together and say, well, actually, we can use this as an encryption. So a lot of the time, you can never say something is going to be useless. It may be useless now, but that doesn't mean it's going to be useless forever. I mean, who would have thought that a popcorn maker that's also a duck would be useful? Right. It, who, who thought? Right. Who would have thought? No. What makes a puzzle a puzzle? Well, I, I think it's just how you coach the language. I mean, this is why I think lots of mathematicians do like puzzles, because mathematics is essentially a puzzle. You define your rules... And you play your game. I, I guess the thing about a puzzle, a puzzle is you, that you know there's going to be an answer. Like if somebody gives you a puzzle and it's not soluble, then it's a fairly rubbish puzzle. Is it? Well, isn't that yeah. research then? Yeah, but you know, if you get if okay. you get a puzzle in the yeah. newspaper or whatever, or you know, on the Today Show, and there's not an answer, there'd be riots. Um, Actually, on that point, there was a, a used to be um, a puzzle game called Perplex City. You'd buy cards, and all the cards would have a puzzle on, and you could solve them and put them onto a website, and it would say, well done. One of these cards actually had the Riemann hypothesis oh, really? on it. Yeah, so the idea was that, no, it hasn't been solved yet. We don't know the answer, but it was trying to you know, raise the profile of these different puzzles or problems around the world. I'd really like to see a riot of Today program listeners. <sighs> Dispute, like people kind of throwing like organic quinoa at <laughs> the police. One of the questions that uh, was said in Fermat's room was about uh, stacking of oranges. Now, at the time when this film came out, that wasn't solved, but it's recently been solved by exhaustion. Oh, really? Someone, you know, like how we spoke about uh, uh, years ago, years ago, a, f- uh, a few episodes ago, we spoke about the yeah. four color problem, which was solved by computer. This simile was solved by computer. They 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 simplified Kepler's stacking problem to uh, loads of different cases that could be solved by a computer, and threw a computer at the solution. And they believe what? they've they've got the solution. What is the stacking problem? The, the stacking problem is what's the most efficient way of stacking spheres, so oranges, say. And essentially, we've always known the solution. It's the way grocers do it. You know, you have the four base, one on top, and yeah. And you build up from there. So we've always known the solution, but we didn't know it was the solution. Only now can we prove that that is the most optimal way of packing. If you could solve one thing, or could have solved one thing, uh, what would it be? Regularity of the solutions of the Navier-Stokes equations. That. No, 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 I've got it, I've got it. Oh, (laughs) I've got one. P equals NP. 
that one, either of those would send you down in history. What's P but equals NP? Uh, so, P equals NP, or P does not equal NP, we don't know. What it simply means is that, are there some problems that are just ridiculously hard, and you can't do any better than just trying all problem, all possible solutions, proof by exhaustion, or are all problems solvable in a short time by some very clever method? Currently, we don't know. We don't think we don't think it is true that all problems are easy. We think there are this set called NP, which are really, really difficult, but no one knows for sure yet. Right, that's the end of my zone. Wow. Excellent, excellent. Well, now we go to the puzzle zone. Ben, do you have anything to say? Uh, well, I, no. I mean, all, all I was going to say when we're in the mass zone is, at the end of the film, okay, they came out of the room yes. yeah. clutching a proof. Um, of uh, the Goldbar's conjecture. And then somebody was like, well, what do we do with it now? It's like, oh, let's uh, let's destroy it. You know, we'll we're, we're put life back to how it was. No, publish the fucker. Okay. It's like, <laughs> you publish it anonymously if you're worried about the, uh, the, you know, who to attribute it to. Just publish it. No mathematician worth their salt would, oh, you, would, would, would throw it away. But do you know what? That's that, true. That young guy read it and was like, oh, it's very elegant. He probably remembers enough of it. Enough to recreate yeah. it. Yeah. Well, it's I thought about that. I thought, but proofs can be very technical. It proves can be very, very yeah. technical. But it did show me that, that um, the female character was a bit of a psychopath because she, she really enjoyed that proof being chucked into the into the lake. Like, And they are on a boat. On Do you a... think they're going to row out to sea? Do something really yeah. illegal? <laughs> Maybe she just loves it when slightly naughty things happen on boats. (laughs) Uh, It's too hot and too close in here. Let us go to the puzzle zone. The puzzle zone! Yay! Now, I actually forgot what the previous problem was, because it's been such a long time between the previous recording and this one. So, uh, the answer to the last problem, whatever it is, I still haven't actually found out what it is yet, will be published on our website. So with that, without further ado, let's get on with this week's question. So as Ben was saying, there is an extension to the two prisoners problem. So in the two prisoners problem, uh, two guards problem, one always tells the truth, one always lies. And there's two doors. Same problem setup, we have three guards. One tells the truth always, one lies always, and one will randomly choose to lie or tell the truth 50% of the time. Okay, everyone, each person knows who it is, but you don't. So the liar knows who the truth teller and the uh, random person is, etc. You are allowed to ask two yes or no questions. You have to choose and open one of the two doors based on the answers. Now you can ask one guard both questions, or you can ask two different guards a single question each. What and who do you ask to lead you to the door of freedom? I think that... They're going to try and murder me anyway, so I'm not going to play their stupid okay, game. Okay, cool. The only way to win is not to play. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah, I will need to give that some thought. Give, give that one some thought. Is excellent, it, Is excellent. the answer really difficult? Uh, ben, I, I've never seen the answer, but Ben well, seems to suggest it is, so we'll, we'll so see this how... So this is a simplified version of the, um, of, of the more difficult question, but this is still quite difficult. Okay, so if it's too hard, we may do a, a separate video or to keep it outside of this, but... You will hear from us to give you the solution in the near future. And with that, shall we go to the The score score zone? zone. Yay! 
My dear friends, can you give me a random scoring system and a point upon that scoring system? I'm going to score it um, out of the uh, biggest puzzle of them all, which is uh, bidding in bridge. Fair enough. Uh, you know, obviously the biggest contract you could have is seven no trumps. Uh, so <laughs> Bidding in bridge, oh my goodness. <laughs> so for this film on, uh, on its plot... Um, I look, it had some good elements. The idea of having a lot of people trapped in a room trying to solve mass problems is really good. Uh, unfortunately, the execution was poor. There was no Miss Marple, uh, no Hercule Poirot, no Richard <laughs> O'Brien, uh, none. Uh, and no crystals. And it wasn't no crystals. English, you know, um, so um, <laughs> I'm going to give this uh, 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 two spades. Is the uh, is the is the contract I'll give this. Um, I quite like some of the mathematics, but really, I would have just preferred to be sat there with a book and uh, uh, ninety minutes, even if a the, book of puzzles, even if the book was in Spanish. Uh, so I am going to give it four clubs. Very nice, Liz. Right, I am going to score out of um, Pascal's age um, at his death. Wow. Um, now, for the film, I actually did enjoy the film. I didn't. Like absolutely love it. Okay, okay, yeah. I'm going to score the film out of Pascal's age at, at his death. Niels Henrik Abel, and you're just going to have to look it up. Abel, it's Abel, not Abel. Oh Lord, Tom, you've been calling this guy Goldbeak like <laughs> Goldbar for the whole podcast. Well, no. if he's German, you definitely pronounce it. It's a joke about parents. It's a big conjecture. <laughs> I thought the maths was really good. I really liked that it was accessible. They told you the answers. Um, and it was kind of really front and centre. So for the maths, I'm going to give it Raman wow. Nugent. High praise. Excellent. We will have to look up those ages. And so it just falls to me to give uh, my score. I'm going gi- to score the film out of film twists. And this is going to be on a scale from Sunshine, which had a really stupid twist, all the way to Fight Club, which had a really good twist. Okay. So, I, th- I, I love this film. I, I love the acting. I love the mathematics. I love the drama. I love the tension. It was all great. So, in terms of the film entertainment value, I'm going to give it a saw. And in terms of the mathematics, it you had to suspend your disbelief because some of it was a little bit... T- Simple for these mathematical researchers, but still, as you said, it was some great problems there to play around with. And so I'm going to give it a sixth sense. Wow. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And with that, we have been MathSat. Please check out the website at www.mathsat.co.uk. You can follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at PodcastMathSat. Uh, Gmail is at podcastmaths at gmail.com. Many, many ways. Googlers, we're there. And with that, thank you for listening. We've been MathSat. Winning at life, losing at maths. I've got it wrong again. I always get it wrong. So we'll 50, keep going. 50 chance. Losing at life, winning at maths. We're winning at parrots. We're losing at the gold beat conjecture. Squawk. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> oh, dear. This podcast is a random walks production performed by Thomas Woolley, Ben Parker, and the enigmatic Liz. Intro and outro music was Clonky Donkey by Nikolai Heidlas and the incidental stings were Cartoon Bank Heist from YouTube Audio Library.